0: Episode 98 of The Proper Mental Podcast, my guest this week is Sarah Callahan, who is an award-winning comedian, a spoken word artist and a writer. And Sarah's been performing stand-up for over a decade, she's gigged all over the world. She's also a respected spoken word artist and she performs that solo and with a band. And Sarah's poetry is informed by personal experience. And she talks about the deeper things in life, the bigger things in life. She talks about trauma, she talks about heartache she talks about mental health and that's really why i wanted to speak to her so i've been a fan of sarah's work for some time Um, i've got her alphabet ep and the album that was released the year after which is called right frame of mind i'm a big fan of both of those and i knew very little about sarah personally i only really knew of her art you know of the stuff that she puts out there but with her poetry with her spoken words, you can tell that she's someone who is thinking on a deeper level you can tell that she's been to some places some dark places And she's come out the other side with a a really fascinating outlook, a really wonderful way of seeing the world. And I really wanted to chat to her about these things. So I didn't really know what her experiences were. I just knew that she had some and it was great to be able to just, just get into it with her. So Sarah and I, we chat about mental health. We chat about her experiences with mental health and how it kind of inspires her creative process. We talk about living authentically, talk about choosing your own path, choosing how you show up in the world. We talk about the differences between writing comedy and poetry. We talk about spirituality, self-belief, guilt-free rest. And we talk about the challenges of living a creative life. And I think that's something that's really important to talk about because quite often when people are out there doing comedy, doing spoken words, we see the finished product. We see them on stage making people laugh, winning awards, but we don't see the life behind that. And living that creative life, living in a way that's not the normal nine-to-five It comes with a lot of challenges as well. And those challenges can really impact people's mental health. So there's a lot there to unpack. Also, the fact that Sarah does two very different things. Comedy and spoken word are very, very different. Poetry and performing with a band are very, very different. And I really wanted to just explore this idea of identity and not being forced to be in a box. Society likes us to do one thing or be one thing. And it tells us we can't do other things. You know, it tells us creativity has to be limited and only in certain areas. And I think Sarah's living proof that you can really just do whatever the hell you want. I personally find her really inspiring. I've put links in the episode notes to everything she does. There's a social media, there's a website, there's loads of footage of her on YouTube. But one of the links I've put in is for her performance on a Sky TV show called Life and Rhymes. It's a BAFTA winning show. It's an incredible show. And her performance on that is incredible. I've watched it Many times, and every time I've watched it, I've got goosebumps, or my eyes have filled up. It's just so powerful. It's so honest. It's really, really beautiful. And I think that if you're gonna dip into anything to try and get an idea of what Sarah is all about, that's a really, really good place. Go and check it out. Give her a follow on social media. Does mention at the end of the episode she's got some uh, gigs coming up. She's got some dates coming up. So keep an eye out for them as well. Sarah has also been good enough. ...to give me an mp3 of one of her tracks... ...it's called It's Not Too Deep... ...and I'm going to drop that in for you now... ...so rather than all the usual blurb about me... ...asking for reviews and trying to get you to follow me on social media... ...I'm just going to play the song... ...it's really cool... ...and I think you're going to really like it... ...so what's going to happen is we're going to go into that song... ...coming out the other side... ...my chat with Sarah is going to start... ...so this is episode 98... ...of The Proper Mental Podcast... ...with Sarah Callahan. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy.
1: So I started seeing a therapist last year, but it's not that deep. I guess I just needed to understand certain parts of me because I was having nightmares when I wasn't even asleep. My triggers were like flies buzzing around my head And my head felt full of water just heavy and sloshing around and around and around It felt like I was drowning, but it's not that deep We all make mistakes figuring life out Growing up is tough We drink till we pass out, smoke a bit, sniff a bit, regret a whole lot Staring into space and that, wishing to turn back clocks, see I thought I was broken and needed fixing But instead of doing DIY, I ran to men to do the work for me But how can they fix what they didn't break? How can they fix me without the correct tools? The tools that I needed would only work with my hands but my hands are reaching out for something else. I thought I found a way but it just made things worse. My life became a balloon slowly being blown up and up until it eventually burst but it's not that deep. Putting the pieces back has actually been amazing and i connected with you. I will never take for granted how I feel in your company. Comfortable and safe I can say anything And it's accepted Laughing and smoking Talking and talking Things over Until I realised I'm not broken at all I was just Lost at sea There's total peace When you hold me But It's not that deep this isn't love, but it feels relaxed This isn't love, man, but I'm fine with that Cos if this isn't love, but feels this good Then what will real love feel like? It will feel like every compliment I've ever had Every applause break, every bowl of ice cream Every bus I've ever made on time Every song I've ever heard It will feel as good as all the traffic lights turning green As good as finding money in your jeans As good as free food As good as sunshine on your birthday As good as freshly cut grass But trust, it's not that deep There's some seriously dark parts within me And I like you cos you get it you're fucked up too. And I'm acknowledging all this and getting help so that I can dig further. Further into the blackness To find peace within these walls Cause if these walls could talk They would tell you of trauma They would tell you of pain So severe it ran like petrol through these veins And each day I would flirt with the flame Goading that click of the lighter Whilst wanting to just click and be lighter These walls within me are strong I used to cry tears that were deep enough to drown in But I learned to swim And even in the darkness I've realised Darkness is not to be feared Because light can only be shone through it to be seen These waters cannot beat me My feet can touch the ground Confidently swimming in my sleep with each year that passes I feel the end of that tunnel coming I feel like I can just keep running and running And never get out of breath That black dog's been trained Walking by my side and off the leash But I'm not getting gas because it's not that deep (laughs) It's not that deep
0: So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Sarah Callahan. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you very much for uh, for joining me today. You were just saying you've been up at the up at the fringe, mate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just went for six days. Um, wasn't doing a show, um, but I just went and watched loads of shows and got a vibe for it. So yeah, it was good, it was good to be back after a few years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is it weird going and being like a, a punter rather than um rather than performing?
1: Oh yeah, I was walking around I was so smug because like I had no stress, I had no pressure, I didn't care about reviews and that. So yeah, it was it was it was it was really nice actually. It was the first time I've ever been up there without like actually having to promote something. So um, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Yeah, man. It's, every time I speak to someone who's done Edinburgh, it just sounds so so intense like it's a real magical thing but to perform there you you've got a performance every night you're promoting it as well um everyone always seems to lose money right people think you once you go to the fringe you've made it but that's not the case right it's a hard hard slog
1: yeah you definitely don't make money it's yeah so it's definitely tough on the mental health and that but you know you just go there you do an hour every day and you just grow as a comic and you know i think the show becomes super strong and that's that's what you get out of it if you want fame and fortune and money I think um you're doing it for the wrong reasons
0: yeah yeah fair one yeah get different different job hey eh? yeah for real mm-hmm. oh mate so what was if we go back a little bit before comedy Sarah what was um what was going on for you then before that because it it takes up so much for your life right all these creative pursuits that you do it's it's almost you know it takes up every hour of the day almost if you're not doing it you're thinking about it right but so before you had that what what were you up to man where were you at
1: Nothing really. Well, I left school at 16 and then um, I went to college for a year. I dropped out. And then when I was 18, I moved to Madrid for a little bit. I was teaching English there, uh, but just kind of lost, didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to work, but I I didn't know what I wanted to do in it. But it's like, obviously, you're an adult now, you've got money. So, yeah, I was sort of doing nothing, really doing nothing. And then um, I came back and I couldn't get a job. I was just like applying for bar work and shit. And then um I I was online and I saw like a comedy course. And I've never been interested in stand-up, never, never watched it, never been into it, never wanted to be a comedian, never comedy was just not never part of my life in it. But I see it and um I'd really I'd done like a clown course of them like a couple of years ago, like before that. And um I'd done like acting here and there and bits and bobs when I was younger and stuff. So I was like, oh, it's like fun. So I'll try it out and then um tried it out and then that was it and then I've just been doing comedy ever since really
0: wow yeah, <laughs> yeah so just mad. yeah just kind of crept in there right like uh that's mad yeah that's really cool really cool did it was it could you was it one of those things as soon as you started putting it all together you were like yeah this is this is me I I, I dig this one i have
1: <laughs> the whole time I'm just like um just going with the flow really yeah I've never really thought oh yeah this is this is what I want to do. It's still not what I want to do. I don't, I don't think I want to be a comedian, even though I am. Um, it's not, it, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm just sort of floating around and if people want to pay me to do it, great. But it's been such a nice thing of, you know, getting into acting, doing other acting bits, doing poetry and meeting cool people and doing TV shows or like making other shows and working in music. It's such a nice springboard for loads of other things. And, um, you know, just being, I like being creative as a whole. So yeah, and I've I've learned so much and I had some amazing times, but um yeah, I feel like I'm just bragging it really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool though. But maybe
1: that's a good thing. I don't know.
0: I think it's a good thing. I think it's so many times when we, it it can be with anything really. We start off with it being one thing and we think it's gonna be one thing. And when you look back, you don't notice even because they're like the changes. Are so incremental over time, and then maybe you look back. There's an anniversary or a year or some reason to look back, and you go, "Man, this is so different to where it started." And I didn't even, I'm not even sure if I knew it was changing. Yeah. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, my 12 year anniversary in um in June, I think, of doing stand up, and I just thought, God, like 12 years is a long time. It's the longest I've ever been committed to anything in my life. It's the longest time I've ever had a job. It's like You know, even if I quit tomorrow, you've got to think, fucking hell, like, that's a long period of time where you're stuck at something and you've achieved so much. You've been all over the world, done so many Edinburghs. Like, yeah, I think it's important to um, reflect back on it because we're we're always looking at the next thing and the next thing and we're looking forward and, oh, there's so much rejection in this industry and we're really focused on that. So, yeah, to actually look back and be like, you know what? done a good job here is um, very important. And that's definitely what I did in June. But yeah, I don't know where the time's gone really, it's
0: mad. I think anything where like, if you're kind of doing something creative and you're doing something on your own terms, it's always like that next email that drops in could change your life, right? Or change the course of your life. So we tend to focus on that, you know? Like if I've got a lot of things going on at once, I'm like, I live in my inbox. And it doesn't matter whether I find that email now or if I find it like in half an hour, it's going to make no difference. But I'm still just hoping that something turns up. But that drives that thing that you said, like always looking towards... The future and what's next what's next what's next but it's powerful to look back isn't it and look see that see that journey for what it is and and like big up yourself as well pat yourself on the back because we never do that it's always like yeah that was okay how can I be better how can I be better but sometimes you need to say do you know what man I fucking killed that and I'm like I'm chuffed to bits with it right
1: for real definitely yeah you've got to do it and ultimately you're, you're you're only you're only going to care about your career the most I think we talk so badly to ourselves that it's like it, it, you got you got like you said you got to have got them times where you pat yourself on the back because who else is gonna do it you know?
0: And you, like along that twelve year journey, when does mental health enter the picture? When is that something that you have you realize that you have to be aware of to to look out for to protect?
1: Well, I've always dealt with it my whole life, so I think comedy has only made it worse really. But um, I guess the a big moment where it came very clear was two thousand eighteen well actually 2015 like so 2015 I had a really good year and then 2016 I had a very very bad year it was complete polar opposite so I kind of was brought up to be brought down and that was very very distressing um and then I was going through this like really um abusive relationship at the time as well so I had all that happening simultaneously towards you know all all the madness happening in my career I had all this stuff going in my personal life and then 2018 we broke up it was a very explosive breakup and then that Kind of sent me into like 2018, 2019 was very, very, very bad, and then slowly just been getting better. That's why it's mad because the pandemic, as much as a lot of people were like, ah, oh, you know, it's so bad, and people died and people lost money and the like. It was the best two years of my life. Like I literally missed the pandemic. I'm so much. <laughs> it was the, the the best time because first of all, I was away from all my triggers, um, and it was a chance to. Kind of really sit down and think about what I wanted and where my life was going. And also, you know, the whole world had stopped. And 12 years, I've never taken my foot off the pedal yet. I've just been bang, like, sacrificed so much. I don't go to barbecues, friends, birthdays, holidays. Like, I gig all the time. I've lost friends. Like, my whole life has been comedy. And I've wanted to stop or take a break, but I've never been able to because you're just not able to. You know, if you go off and have a kid, it's so hard to come back or you know you can do it it just takes a lot and i I i'd rather just keep going and um fucking so it was a good chance like the whole world paused that's the only time ever in my life that ever we're ever going to get where that there's no competition there's no race and you can just relax without feeling like oh this person's getting ahead of me or this is happening or you know what i mean it was just so sick it was so had the chance to breathe and i got some therapy in that and i started doing like more poetry stuff and expressing myself through another medium and releasing videos just just for fun like not for not for no reason you know what I mean and it was just nice doing projects and art without pressure not like oh you've got to get this award we need to get this it was like oh I'm just making it because I want to make it like I feel like I forgot the art of creativity and creating just for me and just I just want to paint a picture today why oh just for fun you know what I mean it's like we don't do that you know because in our daily lives we either don't have time or you want to put your time to something that's a project that you're getting paid for or something like that. You just don't really have time to do that. Like I don't even have time to like read and stuff. And like I started doing all this stuff again that's really, really helped me. And I feel like in normal life I couldn't do. So and then I kind of was reflecting as well and I was thinking, fucking hell, it did actually get quite out of hand and you just kind of keep putting, you know, uh plaster over the plaster over the plaster. You don't actually realise, oh actually I've got a problem here or this has kind of gone on too long. And um so yeah it was it, it was good um for me to acknowledge the situation and really tackle it head on in a in a a time where I didn't feel like I was being pressured there's no time pressure because I was just like well no one's doing nothing we're in a pandemic so everyone's just at home making fucking banana bread and that so this is a (laughs) good time to focus on my mental health
0: yeah that's it man I was exactly the same I really loved it yeah I just like I kind of felt going into the into the lockdowns and stuff I felt like it was um like a a job interview that I was so well prepared for. You know, when you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this. You know, like I felt like I was made yeah, for it. Yeah. I, I had I got the, this. I had the qualifications yeah. to get through this <laughs> through this period. I really um yeah and I, I was exactly the same. It gave me that breathing, that breathing space. But it's really interesting when you mentioned there about, you know, feeling like you have to to do the thing that you, you that's your job, even though you love it, right? So I think it's really, really common for those of us who maybe don't want to work a, to go the traditional path when it is for work. So the easiest way to do that is turn something you love into your job, right? So I went through this phase where I kind of like I monetized all my hobbies and then I had nothing to do with myself. So, like, I didn't have any, and like that creative outlet, I'd know where to put it because there was so much pressure because I had to get paid for it. And I think that's really, really common, isn't it? When you choose a certain path, you go, hang on a minute, everything that used to give me joy is now attached to paying my bills and I don't get joy from it. And now I've got no joy.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it does, it does turn like that for sure. That's why I can't remember how it goes now. I'm so bad with relaying like quotes and shit, but they said something about like, in your life you've got to have like a balance of like these four or five things where it's like something that's good for your health something that brings you money something that's a hobby something you know what i mean it's like all of these and if, if you've got one of those and then your life's complete you know what i mean like you're satisfied in all those areas but um yeah it's important to have things that you do literally just for fun otherwise how do you switch off you know what i mean Or well, you know people just tend to go to like drink and drugs and whatever and just do
0: things that are like more like numbing than inspiring yeah man the, no good no good at all the, the um the modern world has been built to distract us right like it's just all around us you can exactly,
1: yeah it's all just yeah yeah let's and that, just not tackle the problem let's just uh cover
0: yeah, it up let's drink it let's instagram it let's you know let's let's do whatever we want to to not face it but again that's the power of that that time during the pandemic and i think it's why a lot of people that have never struggled before or maybe never knew that they had the capacity or the, the struggle before suddenly they didn't have those distractions. Right. So it kind of worked, worked the opposite. It takes life away. And then you have to, you have to sit with yourself. And that's hard to sit with your own self is um it's a skill. You have to learn that skill. Eh?
1: I saw a lot of comedians on Facebook and stuff, just really losing their shit. Like, you know, I don't want, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do if I, if I can't gig, like comedy's my life. And I thought, that's pathetic comedy is your life like how can you I love doing stand-up I love being creative but like nothing is my life and like obviously the pandemic was hard because you know we all want to be on stage and we do get that buzz and everything and but I'm an artist so I'll be creative I'll be creative alone in my room even if you don't see it I'm still an artist you know when I go to bed when I wake up like I'll like I'm an artist all the time in another country here family I don't have to be performing comedy on stage to be defined as an artist don't you know what I mean so it's like I felt sorry for those guys that I that in their head they only ever felt like validation and and enjoyment and all that sort of stuff just when they're on stage you take that away and the whole world crumbles around them it's like fucking hell guys like get a fucking grip you know and I think it hit them a lot hard because obviously if you take that away they're probably thinking like you just said well who am I then who am I without it and People don't want to ask themselves that question because it's very uncomfortable because sometimes you don't like the answer. Sometimes you don't know the answer, you know, and you're sitting there and you 30s, 40s thinking, who am I? <laughs> who am I without the wife, without the kids, without the, the gigs and everything? And uh, it's tough, man. Some people can't answer it. Um, I, that's why I think the pandemic was good because it did make, make people ask themselves those questions because when do you ever have those sort of inner, inner dialogues, never really, you know, life's so fast paced. So yeah, I, I I was glad I coped with it in in that respect, but yeah, I feel bad though. I just want to say the pandemic was bad for people and I'm not being like (laughs) flippant about it. I know that uh, it was a terrible time, but for me personally, I had a great time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same man. You always feel the need to add that no. caveat. But I think we're we're like far enough away from it now. There was a time I know, it, 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 was bitch, like a, I? it was almost like a secret. Like I didn't want to tell anyone that I had a nice nice time, you know. I know, yeah, like, yeah. I think now we can go yeah, yeah, it was all right, man. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> was it um was it going through that yes. time and every <laughs> everything you were going through then? Um was that where kind of um you started to express yourself through spoken words series? That how that started to evolve?
1: Yeah, a bit more. I, start, I started in 2018. And then but I wasn't really putting too much online. I was like quite embarrassed. And um, yeah, I just didn't want it kind of like coming with the comedy. I don't know. I just tried to keep it really separate. And then because um, I wasn't really pushing it. I was just doing it just for fun. Like I wasn't really pushing it. And then I started getting paid for it. And I was like, all right, sick. And then I started headlining all across London and did some shows in Amsterdam. And, and I was like, all right, cool. Well, this is fun. And then and then um yeah during the pandemic i was like i was going to gigs basically like even like underground gigs like because it's all part of like underground scene like hip hop nights and poetry nights the sort of two scenes are sort of interlinked and like no one really gave a fuck about covid basically and we were just putting on gigs in secret venues and stuff so i was gigging consistently actually and like i was like filming stuff and putting bits online and um that's when it, i really started to open up uh, like to the world about it And I started doing it more. And then I got a band. I was doing stuff with the band. I was making music videos and making music. I released an album. That's the album there. Right frame of mind. Um, And and then I started incorporating it into the comedy as well. And then doing like poetry, comedy, music shows. I just did three nights at the Soho Theatre. I say just did. In June, I did it. Uh, July, sorry. And uh, that was sick. And um, yeah, so I think the pandemic really gave me that push to kind of like put stuff out there. Cause I was like oh fuck it and like you know might as well yeah and people seem to like it so it gave me a lot of confidence to keep pushing on with it
0: oh mate yeah that's awesome it's um it's really cool because I think even in like there's supposed to be no limits to creativity right there's no boundaries but we we everyone thinks you have to be in a box right so just because you do comedy you're a comedian and you can't do anything else you know and they're like even in like the creative worlds when that creativity even creativity right so you've either got a I don't know you've either got a paint you've got to make music or you've got to write that's it nothing else comes under that banner and we put all these lines and structures in it and all that but what I love about you is that you've got these two things and sometimes you do them separately sometimes you put them together some you just mix it up and that's like that must be really free in Sarah to just be able to write this is me and I can step fully into it and do whatever I feel like doing. That's rare in modern life, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I definitely am a lot happier now. I'm doing that because it's just like another form of release, and it's like showing another layer of you. You know, if, if you want to be vulnerable, we you feel you need to be, then you can be. You know what I mean? Like with comedy, so much gets bottled up because it's all just you know you're putting on a mask, you know, really, and you're making jokes and whatever. And then if you try and do things that are a little bit um um what's the word? Sentimental. People are like, oh, you know, they take the piss out of it and stuff. And it's just like there's a time and a place, you know what I mean? And but with poetry, obviously you can just you can just lay your heart bare and um, you really connect with your audience in, in such an, a different way than I've ever connected. Like I'll do a comedy gig and people can't be like, oh, you're really funny. Oh, that was great. Great show. I'm like, thanks. And they'll just walk off. Probably forget my name in an instant. But then poetry shows, it's like the conversations you have with people afterwards, they're so, they're so um, personal and just that that connection so strong and um that you know they, they interpret my stuff and it's helped them and inspired them and that gives me a sense of purpose in a way you know what i mean as cringe as it sounds it really does because I, I know i'm helping people and and then also then you can make people laugh as well so um plus it opens me up to more um job opportunities <laughs> because i've got three different types of shows and i can do now double triple the gigs different type and it makes me different it made me stand out you know i I was very at at a low point in comedy because i was thinking fucking hell there's so many comedians like what's making me different from everyone else and now um i'm the girl that does poetry so i feel like it's all and it's all happened really organically as well that's it none of it's forced none of it it all came and it stemmed through pain which i think is really beautiful it's like the lotus flower so beautiful but it grows in shit and like i feel like that is that is just me and my career it's just come from the shit and it's something really beautiful is 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 blossoming out of it so um yeah man i'm just seeing where it takes me i'm really happy at the minute like i think if i was just doing comedy i probably would have quit by now honestly cuz it's a hard game it's a hard game but but now i've added a bit of excitement and a bit of like fuck you to the system and just doing things my own way i feel a lot lot happier yeah that's yeah. it
0: Oh, there's something that comes up with so many people that I speak to in different ways. There's something that really affects people's mental health is when they're forced by whatever reason to not live authentically. Right. Authenticity is so important to us as humans. And if you have to pretend to be something that you're not or like hide a part of you for fear of judgment or something, then it's so damaging over the long term and it must be really freeing to be able to kind of just step step into it but did you kind of have did you have to learn to do that sarah like it's so you do have to be really vulnerable particularly with the the stuff that you're talking about as part of your poetry did you have to learn to sort of say right this is this is raw this is me this is everything do with it what you will
1: yeah it's not really something i've learned to do but i think that's what's kind of hurt me over the years is because I always have been me so when you get rejection and that which obviously inevitably will come you just take it so personal because you're just like fuck you know um yeah I've always I, I pride myself on that from day dot the moment I stepped into this game I've been authentically myself and um I've never switched it up I've always done what I wanted to do I've, you know never never hit hidden any parts of myself always spoke about what I want to speak about and like yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's done me any any favours over the years, but, I mean, it's, I, d- I mean, it's definitely good now. I think I've definitely got, like, a lot of integrity now, you know, which is nice, and I think now that I'm nearly 31 and people have known me for a while, it's like I'm finally getting that respect, which is nice, you know, because I think when you're 18, 19, a lot of people think, yeah, but who really are you? And, you know, people change and mould, and I've seen people change and whatever, and I'm sure I've grown up, but ultimately I am the same person. I've stayed, I've stayed the same. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that being on is never been the problem. It's more just like being nervous of the reaction people are going to give to it. Cause some yeah. people have taken the piss in the past and I'm just like, Oh, fucking hell. But I always just say to myself, don't let them, don't let their ignorance make, stop you doing this. Like remember why you're doing it. You're not doing it for them. You know what I mean? Like they're not at the gigs where you're on stage and it's so therapeutic for me and healing for me and the way the audiences react and the, the, the people that come up to you and talk to you in that life like fuck fuck that comment you know it's easier said than done but like that's what I always tell myself I'm just like oh shut up man but then them same people that took the piss a year later are messaging me saying hey Sarah can I get tickets to the show I was just wondering if I could bring my friend you want to roll through and then they're asking me to come to the show I'm like oh now you want to see it <laughs> so yeah it made, made me feel good I win them I'll win them over all in the end. I'm telling you right
0: now they'll all come. <laughs> Mate, I don't I don't doubt it for a second. but the, the, I think those people when we have a, we have like a strong um response to someone who's being authentic or who's being vulnerable who is being themselves, sometimes like it depends on on what's going on with that individual, right? with that person watching it. so I might watch something and and a lot, i'll be inspired it's all personal. you know it's all, yeah it's all, personal. It's, it's all on how you feel about other people your response is yours right so if you're like ah you know fuck that i'm gonna take the piss out of that thing sarah just said well that is probably more of a reflection there you're holding up a mirror and they don't like what they're seeing man. and that tends to be where that comes from right uh,
1: yeah they yeah. wish they wish they could do what i do and they're they're it's not even jealous they're just um they're scared of it and they they you know they want to do it you know and even now like a few poets have started uh, a few comedians have started to do poetry I've noticed and like put things out and like little bits like that not because I do non-funny poetry that's the thing so it's like there's obviously uh, uh, there's a lot of comedians that do poetry all like funny poetry but I I do serious poetry so it's that's the switch between the comedy and then the poems and like they all for you know don't do it but I've seen them release some stuff and I'm like oh Okay, but it's nice. I'm happy, and I'm encouraging, and I'm glad they're doing it. You know what I mean? Because I think everyone should. But, but um, it's interesting to see. And I, I bet you any money, in the next five years, you'll see a lot more comedians doing serious poetry in their stuff. I reckon. I reckon so. Yeah. So if I can be the catalyst for that, then that'd be fucking great. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I want an apology? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep um, all the
0: keep all their names in a book and. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: No, but it's cool. I'm glad I'm inspiring some people. Like, um, yeah, it's good. It's good because, you know, it's just, it's such a good outlet, you know, and especially for mental health and that, like to get your emotions down on the page is very um, beneficial.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think sometimes it can be like, it can be hard to understand our emotions and our feelings. Right. So we kind of know, you know, know that something's going on and that, that distraction we were talking about before, that's where that comes in. Right. So I feel something, I'm not sure what this is or how, so I'll, I'll check out, I'll pick my phone up, I'll go and pick a burger up, I'll go for a pint, you know, whatever it is, but that it, it's, it's hard to sit in that stuff and to kind of make sense of it. And does the, does the process, does that help you with that sort of stuff, Sarah? Yeah.
1: Cause even if you're just confused, you end up writing down like your feelings and, what's going on and like you do always end up coming to a conclusion afterwards or like even if you're like angry you know you just write it down and it's just such a good release and then it's like oh what the fuck is going on here sorry that's all right this thing keeps popping up mad um yeah it's um it's good to it's a positive release where 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 you're not actually doing something negative either you know eating or fucking or doing drugs or writing a nasty email or nasty text it's like it's really good just to get it out there. It's on the page and you do feel so much better after. Same as sadness, confusion stuff. Like for me, I've got a lot of good mates that I can talk to um, about different issues going on in my life. But like ultimately, if you just go on a big rant, by the end, of, by the time you stop talking, you've, you've figured it out yourself anyway. A lot of time, it's not even a conversation back and forth. It's just, you need someone just to listen to you rant and then you figure it out. So, yeah, and I find that through poetry as well, like towards the end, just oh, yeah, it's not too bad. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I dealt with it before. I think I did bottle, bottle a lot of stuff up. I was just very angry. Like, I was one of those people that would say, oh, I'm trying this. And I'm like, oh, why are you doing that for? I was always very judgmental, very angry, like, yeah, short tempered. Um, so I guess that must have stemmed from me not being able to release it. And now I've got a release. It's like everything's so much better.
0: Did you, you mentioned therapy before Sarah, it, did that help? Did that help you to kind of tap into that side of your, that part of your brain that needed to release all that stuff?
1: Not really. Um, I had a bit of it. I had on and off. It was okay. It was all right. I would still tell people to go and try it. And, you know, like anything, I think you need to go through a few therapists to get the right one. But for me, it was, yeah, it was the thing that helped me the most was, yeah, music and art and um, just talking to, like, friends and stuff, you know, and I read, like, a lot of, like, really good books as well. And, yeah, that's what what helped me more, I think. And just listening to other people's stories, I think one of the biggest things of mental health is, like, you feel alone. You feel like you're the only one that's going through it, and that's the isolating thing, which is – and it's so not true. Like, everyone – everyone is going through something if it's not similar to what you're going through they're going through something you know what i mean and i feel like when you start actually opening up to, to just people around you you know in your circle and just these conversations like being open to having these conversations it's like that's that's the overwhelming thing you're like oh my god like i went through a very specific thing and 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 which kind of fucked me over and i was gigging in dubai i was in dubai right and there was like an audience member there, and we ended up having drinks and stuff. So all the comedians in this 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 group were like, "Oh, come to this bar." So we're like drinking and stuff, and I start. I got pissed. I was like, started running my mouth off about my problems and everything. Anyway, she'd gone through the exact same thing around my age as well, and I was just like, "Wow, I couldn't believe it." But it's, it's super common. And um, that one conversation, I don't think she understood how like good that made me feel to feel that she t- really understood and and she really got got it and also to see the other side because she was just like you are gonna get better things will get easier you know and you'll never no have to make that mistake again and blah blah and it was just really nice to to have that um confirmation I guess so yeah just talking I think talking in general you don't have to pay for therapy I mean do it if you want to but I think just talking as long as you've got good friends and people that you can trust and that's that's the biggest thing that helped me for sure.
0: Yeah I, I say something similar. It's why I kind of ended up with this uh with this podcast you know it was hearing other people I, I, I always hid what was happening to me. I thought it was, um, I thought it was my personality and I had to hide it because if anyone found out then, the, the, you know, something bad was gonna happen. And I kept everything in and then hearing other people speak. And when you, when you hear or see yourself in someone else's experience, then it's like a little light comes on when there hasn't been a light on for a long time. And you're like, wow, this, this, I'm not alone. I'm not a freak. I'm not a fucking weirdo. This is like, this is a thing and there might be a name for it and there might be something I can do about it. And everything changes, doesn't it? That connection. It's so, so, so important. You have kids? I've got kids. Yeah. 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 I've got two, a six year old and a four year old.
1: Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I was just wondering like with the pandemic and everything, I thought, oh yeah, probably had a good time because I haven't got kids, but. That's, that's good that you had a good time and you had kids as well.
0: Oh, mate. It's kind of like, like I I learned so much from my kids. You know, when you talk about being free, when you talk about being authentic, talk about being creative, children set the standard for that stuff, right? And we were just all in the house together. And, you know, my daughter, every morning, she would have been two. Every morning she got up and she'd take pyjamas off and she'd just run around naked all day, man. She was just free. And my son just did his colouring <laughs> in the garden. That's all he wanted to do. They love just, it. It's just... Yeah, he just coloured in and we just hung out and all the all the fight in between them, all the the challenges of being a parent, they disappeared because it wasn't about, right, let's get them up, get them in their uniforms, get them to school. It wasn't about, oh, it's this time. So they have to eat. We're off the clock. We could just live free. And everything just kind of went away it was the it was so easy you know that it was so 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 easy and because they had
1: yeah, oh that's wicked
0: yeah they had as much of us as they wanted so they didn't have to um perform or act up to get more of our attention because i didn't have to there you go look at that on cue look at that door behind me there right little man yeah. you okay <laughs> come, come, come and ask me a question you okay
1: yeah.
0: what's up you say hello to sarah
1: hello <laughs> I, and my mom, me.
0: Oh, Not till <laughs> tonight, mate. Daddy be down in a little bit, okay? Kay. And then Mummy be home later. Kay. Okay. there You go. It's always the he makes an appearance every usually every <laughs> other episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a, a nice time for that. A nice time. I suppose mine were young enough that we didn't have to school them. That's the difference. We could just let them run wild, and that was uh that Yeah, that yeah, yeah the, you're
1: lucky.
0: Made mm. the difference, yeah. And it gave me a purpose, right? So I couldn't sit around worrying about I don't know the virus or the economy or anything like that because they I can't I can't do that I've got to be dad so it gave me a purpose and I think maybe if I would not had kids the lack of routine would have been a challenge I think do you when you if you've got something going on Sarah if you're having a bit of a like a blip or a bit of a time can you create when you're when you're in it can you create your way out of it or do you have to like shelve it and write about things afterwards how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, I, I write the best stuff when I'm depressed. I've wow. written some incredible stuff. And um which is annoying because when I'm happy, obviously we you want to be happy, you want to be I'm like I, my my creativity's dead. Like when I'm happy, I'd I make nothing, I do nothing. But then obviously I go out, I live my life. So I get I'm getting inspiration, which I'm obviously just storing inside. But like, yeah, I, I I don't write. So um so yeah, that's that's the only positive, I guess. Like to the point where I was happy for a real long time and um i was i was trying to manufacture something bad so that i could just get some inspiration to write again <laughs>
0: just like watching, so
1: all,
0: watching all sad movies um, and listening to sad music about just all the time
1: yeah 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 <laughs> so um but no no so yeah i mean it's all right and same as like in the pandemic and that, if i was like oh you know I- I- i've got no inspiration but i was just like god this is like the only, like the first time ever, well, I, I've i got inspiration coming out of my ass. So I've got so many ideas and this and this, and all the time to execute them. But yeah, I will get depressed. Like there'll be times where I'll be in bed for days, but I'm still always on my phone. You know what I mean? So still writing and doing stuff. So it's not too bad. I do feel like I'd ha- hate to be one of those people when they get depressed, they can't do nothing because that really is like wasted time. You know, even when I'm really depressed and I'm in a bad way, like I'm still always creating stuff. So at the time I don't appreciate it, but when I come out of it, I think, oh well, fucking hell, at least you wrote that. That was all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Makes
1: me feel a bit better about it.
0: Yeah, man. Do you have to Mm. like keep an eye on your your energy and not like day-to-day energy? So not like getting about energy, but you know, that emotional energy because your output is huge and you do so many different things, touring all the time, spinning all these all these plates. Do you have to kind of watch out for a bit of a a crash or are you good like that?
1: Yeah, I do definitely get burnt out. I don't really see it coming, but it's more like I'm trying to get in more in touch with my body, like feeling it in the body. Like, cause I'll just keep going and going and going. I'll drink, go to bed late, wake up, have hardly any sleep, but it gets to a stage where I, you know, you, I don't know. It's just a feeling. Cause they would say like, if you, um, Oh, what's the, so I told you I'm so bad at this. I always hear these sick phrases and these like sick memes, and I can never re- re- relay them back to people. <laughs> it's something about if you don't concentrate on your, oh, I don't know. It's something like basically, if you don't concentrate on your health, like, um, like your body, your like your body will, your body will make you fucking understand, like, right, this because and it will all come down, you know. And I don't want it to get to that stage. I want to always like kind of be on top of it I don't want to get to stage where I'm fucked I get really ill so it'll get to stage where I'll do like months 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 on the road eating shit whatever and then like now I'm going through detox now I'll just like no bread no booze no butter no sugar like loads of fruit and vegetables a day like protein no carbs and like my skin clears up I lose a bit of weight I'm feeling good I've got more energy I'm, I'm sleeping better and I get back on that even keel again and I just feel like that's probably not healthy ways to do it to be like all one way and then all the other, but it's like, I'm not constant. I I think I am getting better at feeling like, okay, enough now. You know what I mean? You've been drinking really heavily for like four months, just chill for a bit. Um, Considering I've got no one in my life that will tell me to slow down. The fact that I police myself, I think is a, is a mature step forward, which I wasn't really doing back in my uh, twenties. Um, yeah, burnout's definitely real, man, definitely real. But I I know that I'm burnt out in terms of, like, I'll just sleep. I will sleep for days to the point where I'm like, am I depressed? I'm like, no, 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 you're just tired. So it's like, but then I'm like, if you, okay, cool, but if you spend one more day in bed, you will get depressed, so you need to get up now. You know what I mean? I always give myself two or three days guilt-free rest because sometimes you think, oh, you being lazy or this, this. It's like, no, 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 you have to recover, man so three days guilt-free if it goes into a fourth or a fifth day then I say get up now and do some fucking work you're being lazy now yeah, that's how I try right, and man. do it anyway but
0: I mean yeah yeah, Just yeah. Got to stay on top of it. that's it man and I really like the idea of like giving yourself permission to take that rest because we don't want to do it but you have to do it but yeah you like you say you have to draw a line in the sand and say right I'm gonna wallow for a bit and I'm gonna really enjoy that that wallowing, but I'm not going to, I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm not going to dwell in it and I'm not going to use it as an excuse either. It's that, that balance is hard to, it's really hard to find. It took me a long time. Um, but normally if I, if something's going on with me, if I have a bad patch, if I kind of look back in the build up to that, then I'm like, oh yeah, I was doing that again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did that too. You know, the, the, the signs are always, they're, they're, they're always there. You know, there's often a reason why we step off the end of that, that cliff, you know, in the, in the journey to the cliff. Definitely.
1: I mean, it's good for me because I, I don't have any kids really or any responsibilities. So I can I can spend days in bed. You know, I don't know how people do that have children where it's like, how do you find that me time? You know what I mean? Where it's just like, okay, I need to recover. You know, when you've got all these other responsibilities going on, it's not, not just about you. That must be super hard.
0: I've got a very understanding wife, you know, and I kind of, for a long time, I, I always think that for a long time, I put everything first, right? So my work, my family, I like everything first and that didn't really work very well for me and then once I learned to put myself first then I was a better husband I was a better dad I was better at my job when I put me first and I think that's that's kind of how I balance it is um I try and catch things early and like get a handle on it quick before it gets out of hand because it yeah it can't get out of hand again I can't put my family through everything I've put them through because of my mental health so it's always like it's always at the forefront of my mind am I doing everything that I can do? What's going on? You know, that's, it's kind of what I'm learning to do at the moment is almost step away from that monitoring place and trust myself to not, you know, not be so on it at the moment, but that's a, that's a whole yeah. different. different. That's good. Place. That's growth though. Yeah. That's it, man. That's what it's all about. The, the yeah. evolution. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you find that I always like to ask people who work in the creative um, areas or in the arts in any way, I always like to ask them this question because um, it's always interesting what different people say, but, you find the fact that you are so creative do you think that goes hand in hand to some extent with mental health problems like does it leave you open somewhat so so i'm i consider myself a creative person and i see that as a, a blessing and a curse and sometimes i wish i wasn't because i think some of the things that that opens me up to is not very nice i'm not sure i articulated that question very well but hopefully you kind of get what i mean
1: um well yeah well in terms of like criticism well no more like because you, um, you to to to
0: to write the way that you write particularly with the spoken word stuff you have to be open you have to look inward you have to you know and sometimes when we're dealing with this stuff all the time we have to be accessed like it's almost like a different part of us that if you're going through day to day just plugged into the matrix nine to five in you never have to access that part of you so maybe you never have to experience some of the the downsides that come with the upsides
1: i think the creative process there's no downsides to it like being vulnerable and stuff i think that you know it is taking you back to a childlike state of just saying how you feel and and doing what you want um the thing the thing that um does affect it is yeah the judgment and the criticism constantly being judged um social media comparing yourself to others i'm not doing enough that person's doing better than me why has that person got this job i haven't blah blah blah. Um, that gets in your head that really fucks you up so i think yeah social media is no no good even though it's something that we all need unfortunately um and um yeah, like reviews and just disappointments. Like when you've got goals and that and you don't, you know, that you hear so many no's, you get so much rejection, you've got to have a really tough skin. And um, it's hard not to take things personally. When you put so much of, of yourself into your work, you know, it's like that's that's like your baby, you know what I mean? And someone gives it a bad review or audiences don't laugh or they don't like it. Like, yeah, because then you start to think, oh, well, I'm shit. You need to detach the, the human... You to your art, and I think so. Going back to when people were saying like stuff on Facebook, I'm like, all right, okay, you love comedy; it's your job. But fucking hell, man, you're a person without it. You, you, you were a person without it before. So who are you? So I, I try do, I try and keep it separate um, as much as it is like a part of me, because it's not personal. And our art is subjective; everything's subjective. And you know what I mean. So if someone doesn't like it. I'm like, cool. You not liking me doesn't mean I'm not good. It doesn't take away the fact that I'm I'm great, but you just don't like it. And that's fine. You're not, you don't have to like what I do. That's cool, man. There's bands that are very successful, which I don't like. Are they shit? No, they're multimillionaires, they tour all over the world. I think they're shit. But what's my opinion? Doesn't matter. I mean it doesn't take away their greatness and the awards they've won and the shows they do. So that's what I try and think. I try and think like that. Which is hard if you're a gig and you die on your ass. But ultimately, yeah. <laughs> you can't please all the people all the all the time you know sometimes it's just not your night so um that's that's definitely made me um the deal with my mental health better because i'm just like look fuck those guys you know what i mean it's like it is what it is but i think the worst thing i'm still working on is um the the uh the social media stuff man that's frustrating like especially when it's like a tv job that you want or you, you think you should have and but I'm quite into like spirituality and stuff and like destiny and shit. So they always say, you know, what is meant for you won't pass you. And sometimes you're redirected at, you know, sometimes what you want isn't really what you want. And right now you do think that it's what you want because you can't see into the future, but you don't know what the universe has in store for you. I might not get that. I might get something better in two, three years time. You know, it's just about patience and just keeping your head down and being a nice person, keep being positive and working hard and, Doing your thing in it, um because yeah, sometimes you know life doesn't work out how, how you want. So I try and think of things more on, on a spiritual level now. That does help me because if we if we think literal, then it's just like it's fucking how how can you compare? You know I'm one of one. You're one of one. I'll never be you. Never be me. So how can we compare ourselves to each other? We can't. So, but social media sucks us into thinking like that. So yeah, I think if you just if I just think of it, but things more in a spiritual sense, then it, then I'm like, okay, I'm on my path. My path's unique to me. My timeline is unique to me and everything's happening exactly how it should, even not, not back pain. It's just, it's had to happen to lead me to wherever I'm gonna be, so yeah that's yeah. what I try and do anyway I'm making it sound very easy but it's
0: not, <laughs> as, not always that easy <laughs> I love that man like it does it, it's true eh? sometimes if you're like if it feels like you're swimming against the tide then maybe you just shouldn't be swimming against you know if life's too hard and everything you try is just not coming off then maybe that's it, more you, man yeah yeah definitely how where did how did you start to get into flow that like way that's
1: what they say flow like water whatever
0: yeah, Bruce Lee it, man. Yeah, for real. What's well, um
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um how how did you get into this this way of thinking? Because for a lot of people, like when you talk about spirit spirituality, um, <laughs> if you can say the word, um, then people just start like disengaging from it or switching off, or like how did you find your path into exploring that that way of looking at the world?
1: I used to go to a lot of like conscious nights. So they're like conscious evenings where they give speeches and stuff and like sound healing events and meditation events and they would there would always be like an open mic and someone would say stuff or sing a song and there was like a community there. So I started against that. My friend was like a lot more into it. And then so I learned a few things off her and just going to these nights and being around these people, you just learn so much. And then I started like reading a few books. Um and yeah, it's more just like um it's not like our crystals and praying to the moon and all that shit. Yeah. It's not like gobbledygook. It's more just like understanding that there's something greater than us. And, um, you know, accepting the duality between fate and destiny. And I really believe in like karma and law of attraction and all that sort of stuff. You know, I've seen it happen and I, I have manifested things and manifestation is real. And, um, you know, I think the people that don't believe it just haven't tried it, you know? And, um, I feel like that, def- that definitely like brings me a lot of comfort as well to know that I am spiritually protected and whatever happens is 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 my destiny, you know? Um, and it definitely makes the, the knockbacks easier. I mean, I'll always be gutted straight away. I'm like, oh, fuck, I really wanted that. Or if, you know, it's a big job and loads of money, which I need at the minute, I'm like, shit. But then I'm like, no, nah, it's supposed to happen this way. It's supposed to happen this way. Because I wouldn't, like, when I was going through my breakup. I was so depressed. I was so fucked. Why has this happened to me? Why me? Why me? Which is the worst thing. Don't ever say that. You can't ever say that out into the real world. Why me? That victim mentality will not be rewarded, right? And But I was saying it. But then if I hadn't gone through that, I never would have done poetry. And now poetry has opened up so a whole new world of travel opportunities, money opportunities, TV. So I had to go through that. So if you erase every bad thing that's ever happened to you, it's like, fucking you know, hell. It's like, have you watched um, that film, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind?
0: Oh, not for a long time. I know the movie, yeah, I've not watched yeah. it for a long, long time. So
1: that's about, you know, going for a breakup and then being like, oh, I don't want to remember this person. It's too painful. I don't want to. So they erase the memories. But when you start erasing memories, it fucks up your entire future. It fucks up everything. Things have to happen. There's a knock-on effect, positive and negative. So um, I always look back at that time now, as much as it was so hurtful in a very, very dark time in my life, It's. Um, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> i'm really glad it happened because it's actually made my life so much better now so that's why i always think now like when things are happening I, I get knockbacks or bad things i'm just like man this is going to mean something in a year two years i don't know right now but it will so yeah it's helping me cope with life a lot and um feel um more i don't know more connected to my existence i suppose
0: mm.
1: like and why i'm here and what what i'm doing but Yeah, yeah, I I sound like a hippie right now, but Uh, not at all, not
0: at all. Because it, like, I don't know, yeah, there's a lot to be said for trust in the universe. And it, for me, I try to, where possible, like explore other things. That if something's put in my path, I always think that there's there's something in this, you know, maybe like in passing, you say, Oh, yeah, you know, you should speak to this person, and it's someone I've never heard of. Well, I'll always make the effort to try and speak to that person because I think that's I'm supposed to find out about this, like, this um there'll be something in this conversation that i need to hear there's a reason there's a reason for everything yeah yeah very much so so i'm with you i'm with you there mate yeah very very much so yeah very very much so oh mate that's sick what have um what have you got coming up mate what's what's going on what's going on next are you um you've got a big tour i saw on your your thing the Um, other day you got a lot of dates coming out
1: yeah i mean i'm just it's not really a tour i'm just gigging a lot so yeah september's pretty crazy i'm all over the place then I'm going back to Australia because I'm sort of living part Australia, part here. And then, um, so I'm doing loads of gigs there just for a month. And then I'm coming back. And then I'm taking my show that was at Soho up north. We're doing a couple of dates in um, Lancaster, Manchester, Liverpool. Because I'm just trying to like, I, w- I do want to eventually tour that show. Um, but we're just doing like a little like soft launch of that really, I guess, up there and hopefully bring it back down to London at some point to film it for an amazon prime special but we'll see that's all just kind of in talks at the moment and then yeah and then christmas and then i'm just i'm just gigging man that's it really um i'll go go out back out to australia in january do all the festivals out there and then yeah just see see where life takes me i suppose but no big shows to promote um but yeah just listen to the album right frame of mind it's on spotify and apple music all that shit so yeah i hope you enjoy it and oh mate, of mental health things, but it's very positive and nice and good and like you'll enjoy it. It's good, it's good music to drive to, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've I've got it, man. It's um, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm into it. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, sick, listen, I listen a lot. Yeah, yeah, very sick. much so. And it's it, you mentioned the, um, bringing your show to to Liverpool. That's where I am. So um, I'll come along to that when that's um, yeah, when there's dates oh, cool. and things for that. Now I'll come along and um, yeah, say I'll come along and say yeah, hi. yeah, I'll yeah. let you know yeah that'd be sick yeah oh mate thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it i appreciate you um yeah it's just been a real real pleasure thank you very much
1: thanks for having me man cheers awesome
0: to make up to the proper mental podcast. The <laughs> proper mental podcast.